We're in 1947, Pakistan. And now Ombre, she's your nun, right? Yeah. How did we bring demons on ourselves? I don't know, but we'll find out. If I had to guess, I think we're going on in. Tread softly. You're treading on your own history. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and on this episode, we are going to be discussing the latest episode of Series 11 of Doctor Who. And who are we? Well, again, I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. As always, happy to be on another episode of Discussing Who. How about you, man? I am doing pretty good. It's cold here in Mississippi, and I'm curious to know if we're in the 30s in Mississippi, if we were to go up north, maybe to the home of Lee Shackelford. I wonder what the temperature is like up there. So, Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I am well, and uh, hope you are the same. I uh, have just been outside, but I wasn't paying attention to what the actual temperature was. I'll tell you in a second. For all the people who really want to know what the temperature was in Hickory, <laughs> North Carolina at 830 at night on November the 13th, it was uh, it was. It 52. may be a fixed moment. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, you may not be able to do it. Yeah, for some reason, it's like a 15 degrees warmer here. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, indeed. But you know what? I think when we had the same exercise back when uh, we were recording on January the 1st uh, this year, I think I had a colder temperature than you did then. I think so. It'd that be was easy when to go we were talking to Brett. Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. And it was very cold where Brett is, but that's, and, yeah. And why is it, guys, that I have a fascination by saying what the temperature is? Don't like know. all like this that. and more in this weekend yes. weather. Yes. Yes. Discussing the weather. Yeah, discussing weather. On your latest weather patterns, um, but I will say this. I want to kind of give a thank you to someone who left us a very, very kind comment. I mean, we're batting two weeks in a row where we're mm. thanking someone, but this week it's Tim C. He left us a a very nice review for about the three of us, and it was on Apple Podcast. Of course, it was a five-star rating, so thank you to him and for also the kind words. And if you would like a shout-out as well, if you're listening and you use Apple or an Apple device and you're already subscribed, because we hope you are, leave us a um, rating, leave us a review, and we will, of course, hope that it is five stars. But leave us a review and we will comment about it on the show. So, yeah, thank you, Tim C., very nice. Lovely, lovely. Very, very lovely, lovely. And I think I told you two about this, but I'm not sure. But if I didn't, I'm telling you now, which is I ran into our friend of the show, Matthew Turnage, last Wednesday at Comet Commander here in Ridgeland, Mississippi. And I had an opportunity to record some on the scene, live in the moment feedback on series 11. So unless you guys have any objections, I would like to play that for everyone. No, don't play it. 
Oh, yeah. come on, Lee, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds great. Let's okay, cool. All right, well, we will be right back after you hear some brief words from Matthew. I am here at Comet Commander in Ridgeland, Mississippi, and lo and behold, in walks one of our longtime listeners, Mr. Matthew Turnage. How are you? I'm great, Kyle. How are you? Good, because I'm talking about Doctor Who. But before I pulled out the recorder, uh, no pun intended, I <laughs> ask you, what did you think about the series so far? Uh, well, I, you know, I was saying to you, I, uh, I thought that... Uh, uh, the first episode was a little little odd to me. I, I I thought it got off to a great start and a great finish, but I felt maybe the episode was a little too long because it drugged for me a little bit in the middle. Uh, but uh, from the second episode on, I've I've been enjoying it. I felt like uh, uh, as uh, as Lee uh, mentioned in one episode that uh, the thirteenth uh, Doctor her her speech patterns and everything are very reminiscent of the tenth Doctor to me. So I like that aspect about her her character. Um, one thing that's a little, a little, uh, odd to me is, you know, with all the, uh, the push on, you know, first female doctor for me personally, halfway through the series, the most interesting characters are the two men on there, uh, Graham and Ryan. I really like those characters a lot. Um, although with the, uh, arachnids in the UK and meeting Yaz's family, I really felt like that helped develop her character a lot more. I really enjoyed that part of, of the episode. Um, and we did in the in this uh, most recent episode uh, get to see a bit more of the Doctor's character. So you know, it, obviously, with a crowded TARDIS like this, it's going to take a little while to get around to everybody. But uh, you know, I, I like all the characters, although mainly uh, so far, uh, uh, Ryan and Graham are the thing that you know really uh, has me uh, excited tuning in. Uh, the other thing I'll say about it so far is I feel that uh, you know. Five years from now, ten years from now, from now, whenever we look back on the Thirteenth Doctor era and we say, you know, what were some of the Thirteenth Doctor's best ep- two or three best episodes? I feel like Rosa is going to still be in that list of top two or three. I love that episode. I thought it was a good episode. So, two quick questions before we finish: What did you? What do you think of the new TARDIS interior? Uh, I'm not crazy about the new TARDIS interior. It's just a little too uh, strange for me. But uh, you know, it's uh, I can live with it. All right. Question number two. Pating, yes, uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, it was uh, okay, I guess. Okay, all right. Well, ag- again, we are at Comic Commander here in Richland, Mississippi. If you're a comic book fan and you're listening to this, please go check them out. So, guys, what did you think about what Matthew had to say? <laughs> He's awesome. Yes, he is. I agree. It is- it is always awesome to hear from Matthew. He also uh, often writes in or either sends in voicemail to our uh, sister podcast discussing Trek. So always good to hear from him. But, cool. but, but, but Kyle, I have to hear from you, man. Um, we had a very tragic event happen this week in the world of comics. So just I want to hear your thoughts on Stan Lee. Ah, yes. Yeah. So we are recording this on Tuesday night, the day after. Um, the death of Stan Lee. And, you know, I'm, I, I want to hear Lee's comment as well. And Clarence, I'd actually like to hear from you too, but, but since you asked me, I'll, I'll go first. Um, you know, at first I, I actually had him listed as part of our news. I'm glad you went ahead and brought it up because I started thinking, well, you know, it's not necessarily Doctor Who, but I immediately thought of, 
well, Doctor Who used to be published in comic form by uh, Marvel UK. So that could tie yeah. into, you know, being part of Stan Lee. But to answer your original question, Clarence, it just kind of, you know, reminds us of our own mortality. But it also just makes me take appreciation to someone whose imagination transformed how we see media today, you know, how we are entertained today and the methods and the way that we're entertained. And the best way I think I could sum it up is he was such a well-respected person that one of the nicest comments that I read yesterday about his passing came from DC Comics. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so you know, I mean, they they transcended the whole back and forth of Marvel versus DC and was A-plus classy. So kudos to, um, you know, DC Comics and Excelsior to, San, to Stan Smith. So, Lee, what about you? Uh, well, it, it's uh, because he was 95 years old. It's, it's not that it was unexpected, yeah. uh, but um, but still, you know, I guess I knew the day was coming. Uh, another of my friends who's about my age, my age, we were uh, talking about the fact that he that uh, Stan passed the same day as uh, Douglas Rain, who uh, a lot of us in the theater world knew and respected as a. Uh, a uh, fine uh, uh, actor of the classics, um, and he was a, a f- he was a founder, if not the founder, of the Stratford Shakespeare Festival, which is you know one of the most respected and revered Shakespeare festivals of the world. I, as sci-fi people, we we really only know <laughs> Douglas Rain as the voice of HAL Nine Thousand in Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. So, because a lot of us grew up hearing the the uh, the narrations that Stan Lee would do for some of the, uh, the animated, uh, Marvel shows losing him and Douglas rain at the same time means that two of the voices that have always been in our heads, uh, are, are silenced. And that's, that's feels momentous. Um, I have thought it interesting over the last couple of days, and maybe we should be on discussing comics talking about this if we're going to go on about it. <laughs> but all of the tributes that I have seen to Stan Lee have been festooned with artwork by Jack Kirby, um, <laughs> which is sort of like it's sort of like pricking an old blister because a lot of people say Stan is famous because of Jack Kirby, and so wow. here it is, even in death, he can't get away with it. They're just all I've seen all these drawings of all these superheroes from the '60s and. And people saying, so long, Stan. I go, well, you're actually saying so long, Jack, but yeah. okay. Yeah. We take your meaning though. Um, they, they were a, a powerful, a powerful force. Um, the two of them and I, I, you know, they're a large part of my, my childhood and growing up. And I, I feel like a lot of the sensibility of my own writing came from reading Stan's. So uh, you know, there's no way to repay the debt that I, I owe him. So that's all about, for me, about Stan Lee. All right. So, Clarence, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we talk about, we, we often talk when people move on, um, how it affects the culture and the fans and all this other stuff. And I just have to say, you know, when, when people like Aretha Franklin died and things like that, um, we didn't really see 
a lot of media. And when I say media, social media, you know, you know, people with small retorts about how they love them. But in the case of Stan Lee, oh, my God, on my Instagram feed, it was nonstop people who went to conventions and events where they were taking pictures with Stan Lee. And this goes down from the highest celebrity to people I know. I think I saw a picture of uh, our friend Laura Sellers yes. with Stan Lee as well. So that just goes to show the how how he has touched so many lives. And even when you speak to the the comics medium and how it is transcended in the movies and it is everywhere. Comics are everywhere. It's taken over television as well. And it just goes to his credit of, of what he's been able to accomplish over his 95 years here on the planet. And, um, yeah, um, just, um, rest in peace. You know, one of the best pictures that I've seen and, and like you said, the Instagram feeds and all the other social media feeds, one of my favorite is a picture of he and Matt Smith together at a convention. And that was like really, really cool. Yeah, just the amount of love is just almost shocking. I mean, everybody. <laughs> I mean, Stan got around for his old age. He really got around and got out to a lot of uh, conventions and things. And, you know, just the sure amount of people who have who have taken pictures and, and you know, had this short moment to uh, communicate with them, I think is pretty outstanding. Yes, absolutely outstanding. So. So on to better and brighter and, you know, more, um, you know, to move away from a sad moment. How about we get into the news? What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Especially right. if you've got some good. Yeah, we've got some interesting news. So first off on the news and both items that I have on the news are compliments to our friends at blogtohu.com. The episode title for episode nine and the episode title for episode 10 has been revealed, as well as Maybe this descriptions is the time to... of both. So what now, Lee? Oh, is this the time to sound a spoiler warning then, maybe? Yeah, so why don't we have two spoiler warnings tonight? So <laughs> if you do not want to know anything about episode 9 or episode 10, the upcoming two uh, final episodes of series 11, Put us on pause, fast forward us a bit, because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 So episode nine, the title is, dun dun dun, it takes you away. And the description is, in the present day, the doctor, Ryan, Graham and Yaz discover a boarded-up cottage and a girl named Han, H-A-N-N-E, in need of their help. What has happened here? What monster lurks in the woods around the cottage and beyond? (sighs) So what do you guys think? (laughs) Old-fashioned horror story? Yeah. And any any other takeaways? It takes you away. Takeaways? Mm Mm-hmm. Any takeaways from that? Yeah, and where does that derive from? I mean, that's not really a normal American name for a no, girl. That seems kind of Scandinavian. I wonder if it's pronounced Hane. Uh, it could be because it's said in uh, it, Norway. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yes. A quick search shows that it is. It's a Norwegian name, and there's a couple of celebrities called Han. Mm. Yes. So it is. It, it's just more like more like our. We'd say Hannah, I guess. Ah, okay. But what happened here, and what monster um, lurks in the woods around the cottage? And it's a boarded up cottage. Mm. I could read into this all day, but that's right. <laughs> you know. All right. So episode ten, and I probably will not pronounce this correctly. It is called the Battle of Ranskor Av Kalos. Mm. And awesome. The, awesome. Very interesting. Ranskor of Kalos. And the description says, on the planet of Ranskor of Kalos lies... Yay. yay planet. Lies... <laughs> okay. Huh? What now? I just like the fact that we're not on Earth. Ah, yay, cool. planet. <laughs> on the planet of Ranskor of Kalos lies the remains of a brutal battlefield. But as the Doctor, Graham, Yaz, and Ryan answer nine separate distress calls, they discover the planet holds far more secrets. Who is the mysterious commander with no memory? What lies beyond the mist? Who or what are the UX or the UX? Thoughts? Sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. So here's the biggest things that caught my attention. Mysterious girl in a cottage... Mysterious commander with no memory. Just saying. So there's mysteries abound. Yeah. I wonder if the mysterious girl is something of a timeless child, maybe. That's right. That was put out there and then uh, and then abandoned, wasn't it? We didn't know. Uh... Yeah. So I'm kind of at a loss here other than very, very intrigued. Yeah. And, and and judging from the layout of the shows, they're, that the episodes that we had so far, they're not connected. Really? Um, so, yeah, this could be anything. So let me ask you guys this. Do you think that, and I agree with what you just said, Clarence, that they're not connected, really. That we know of. That we know of. But to quote a familiar phrase, Moffat lies, does Chibnall also lie when he says they're not connected, like you said, that we know of? Because we had the Stenza reference in, in episode two. Could... Could there be a big overarching arch? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I just, uh, I, I think that part of the strength of this season has been these standalone stories. I, I don't see any reason to mess it up now. Right. I don't know. Clarence? Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, cool. Well, all I know is they they sound mysterious and they sound like they are very interesting, but at the same time, it reminds me that we only have four more episodes of this series. Yep. Yeah, I, that's the saddest part of this whole announcement. <laughs> yeah. It's almost over. <laughs> but you know what's not over, and here I go with my puns again, is our review, because it's just about to begin. So guys, do you have any other news that we've not mentioned that you'd like to bring up? Let me interject real quick. All right. Uh, it- if you're going to be in Memphis, Tennessee on this Saturday, November 17th, at 6 o'clock, we are going to be at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention at the Graceland Park at in Memphis. I'm sorry, the the great the guest house at Graceland, excuse me. We're going to be there doing a panel entitled A New Era for Doctor Who. And we're going to be doing that with our friend, Laura Sellers. It would be me and Cal joining her. And if you're around, you should check us out. It should be a lot of fun. 
Yes, come by and say hi to us. Say, hey, we listened to you on the podcast, and we would definitely love to meet you. So thanks. I appreciate you mentioning that. Oh, yeah. Do you guys know uh, Laura? Have have you met before? Yes, we actually met last year at this same convention. Okay. She had had left us some feedback uh, on the phone line, and I I wasn't sure if uh, that was the only way that you knew her, but yeah. Yeah, in, in, in addition to meeting her last year, we saw her. She came to the Mississippi Comic Con. We saw her oh. there, and she was actually on the panel with us there, oh. as well as Con Costabros in <laughs> where Bonsville, Alabama. Yes, okay. she was. Yes, and uh, if you would like to uh, see uh, us in person, at least on video, you can go to our YouTube page, and there is a video where Laura and I did a quick uh, chat at Con Costabras, and, of course, Clarence is behind the lens doing the video. So uh, check that out at youtube.com backslash Discussing Network. So, guys, let's get into the review. So for anyone listening, if you have not seen this episode, The Demons of the Punjab, put us on pause, because from henceforth, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. 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 So, guys, back to the review, or getting started on the review. What did you think, summary view of this episode? And, Lee, I'll let you start first. Oh, you just want the the general impression. Just the general. Um, I cried. How about that? Wow. Uh, it's a period of history that I've always been interested in, and uh, I have now so many friends who are from uh, whose families are from India and Pakistan that I've uh, I feel like I've somehow gotten more invested in this history, just you know, out of getting close to them. But um, and I have been uh, really hoping for a more Yaz intense story, and we got it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I guess the only other overview thing I want to say is that I remember after Rosa. One of the things that I saw on social media was people saying, well, here's the Brits, you know, talking about how bad we are in America. Well, well, the Brits haven't always been so great either. So yeah. to, to them, I want to say happy now. Yeah. So anyway, that's all. What about you guys? Okay, Clarence. Oh, man, I, I kind of go back to that post you read on, from Facebook that talked about how the past episodes are meant to inform you on historical events. Mm, yeah. And I just felt that through and through with this episode and you know whereas i knew most of the stuff in the rose episode and i even in that one i did some research um in this one it spurred me to go and to look up more information about this event that i've i've known about i've read about i've even seen a movie about it Mm -hmm. but it's not really in our in my consciousness to think about it that much and it's so impactful so horrible and just to see it kind of played out by um, in the midst of this family, uh, man, I, it remind, reminded me of Father's Day so much in a lot of ways. And I mm-hmm. love this episode. Mm. Cow. <laughs> OK, so kind of to expand a little bit, uh, Clarence, on what you just said, you know, th- we keep hearing people talk about and bemoan the fact of, oh, well, Doctor Who is trying to be preachy or, oh, well, Doctor Who is trying to be teachy. Well, guess what? And I think, Lee, you brought this up before. That's how part in part that Doctor Who 
first came into being was as a, a tool to bring enlightenment and educate people. And honestly, of all the episodes of Doctor Who that I've ever seen, this is the first one that prompted me to go to Wikipedia and look up something not for superficial value, but for something in history that, quite frankly, I didn't either remember from world history or civilization or whatever in college or I didn't pay attention to or whatever that was something that was brand new to me and caused me to sit there and read about it for 15 to 30 minutes. So that alone for me prompted me to expand my own knowledge of the world. So wow and kudos to Dr. Who. Well, before we move forward, let me do just a little bit of backtracking and some details about this episode. It is, of course, the sixth episode of the 11th series of the British television show we all know as Doctor Who. It first aired on the 11th of November, 2018, and it was watched by 5.77 million viewers overnight in the UK. So we've given our summary thoughts. So I want to kind of break it down into a little bit of the story. So we see the TARDIS team once again, they're traveling and they're in the TARDIS. Or actually, before that, we're, we see the scene, do we not, of Yaz and her grandmother. Isn't that, doesn't mm -hmm. that come yeah, before? That's where we begin. Yeah. So tell me, what did you think of the grandmother immediately referring to Yaz as her favorite granddaughter? Any thoughts on that? And Clarence, I'll let you take this one first. Mm, well, that's always a problem when you refer to a kid or a grandkid as a favorite. But, I mean, from that opening sequence, what really got me is how they had this kind of perfect setup for a Doctor Who uh, story. I mean, you have this this uh, Grandma Umbrum with this secret, if I'm saying her name right, with, with this secret that she doesn't really want to tell about with this with with this watch and i mean again like it's the perfect setup for yaz as a time traveler to <laughs> to investigate uh what exactly is going on and who wouldn't do that who wouldn't do that if we thought something was going on with our parents or grandparents and it happened in the past and we had the ability to time travel we probably want to know too so um yeah just a perfect setup there all right, you know, what, what that, what you just said made me think of something, you know, and we, we've often talked about perception and how we see each other and how others see us. So Lee, I've got a question for you kind of leading yeah. off of what Clarence said. Do you think that Yaz is not knowing that her grandmother had a, uh, you know, what, or actually, what did you think of her not knowing that there was this wedding beyond that that she knew? And of that moment where she's about to ask the doctor to take them back into the into the past. Well, uh, Clarence mentioned Father's Day before, and that, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking we know that the doctor's memory is not always complete, <laughs> and uh, so. But I was still saying, "Don't, don't you remember what happened the last <laughs> time you did this?" Yeah, and. Um, and, you know, we do have the doctor bemoaning that and saying, hey, this is what I get for being nice. This is what happens when you're nice. Um, and and there, were, there were strict limits set on this. You know, we're going to go look for an hour and then we're going to come back. 
and they did try. And um, so I thought it was very credible how it was set up that they they stayed beyond their hour. But I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it, I was, it do seems like, as opposed to Father's Day, it seems like in this one they got pulled in a little more uh, yeah. naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, versus in Father's Day, you know, Rose was just, you know, a ball of tears running out there yeah. to uh, save her father. And, you know, I was I've always had a problem with when they do go back, because I did think of Father's Day as well. And, you know, I have always had a problem when they go back because I'm thinking you're you've already set a rule and now you're breaking it. But they didn't interfere with history. They may have participated in it. But whereas with Rose, she directly changed history in a in, in a very impactful way. They, uh, the, I think, history proceeded as it was, just as with it, or just as it did with Rosa. But they participated, but they did not change it. Do you guys agree? Well, <laughs> see, the, the, I think this is part of the willing suspension of disbelief of the show is that you have to accept these things just however the doctor explains them. Because the doctor is very exercised about the uh, these people that we believe to be assassins. And she, now the doctor is going to uh, monkey with history. And she says, well, they started it. Well, ah, may, yes. Maybe that's what happened in 1947. And that's so that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. So the, uh, what? Huh? <laughs> but, you know, we accept it and we, we move on, you know, because it's an adventure series. And, you know. So what did you think about when they get to the 40s and, you know, they, they meet the guy on the road? At what point did you realize, other than her being told who he was, that this was a um, fiancé slash, as we know now, a husband of the grandmother that Yaz knew absolutely nothing about. That's wonderful. What did you think? <laughs> Lee, what did you think? Oh, I just thought that was delightful. It's just wonderful, you know, and it, and it really um, sinks you into the episode. If um, it's 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 going to be dazzling for for Yaz to go back uh, along her family's own timeline and to be seeing all of these things that she's heard about. You know, she's never been to uh, India and Pakistan before. I don't think. I think this is you know she she's been in in England her whole life apart from traveling with the doctor. And uh, so this is just all wonderful. And it's 1947. And then that's not my grandfather. That is not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's like the, the floor drops out from under you. That That's wonderful. Yeah. And it, it definitely complicates things. And I'm sure there's story in, stories in all our lives that are untold or, yeah. you know, uh, our parents or friends that, you know, they lived a slightly different life maybe before they're the people that I think uh, the doctor even says it. She's not the the, the granny, you know, now. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just love to see that that different side there. But again, like it's probably heartbreaking for Yaz to, you know, realize what she, this this perfect picture that a lot of kids may think of in their head of their parents, you know, meeting and falling in love or grandparents for the, in, in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it happened just a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. And it may be in a way that's awesome, but it's, but it's different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm changing the subject, but I'm not. My, my mother uh, is uh, 83 and I visit her, you know, uh, from time to time in Birmingham. And um, I was uh, at her house who this is last Christmas, I think. And, um, she showed me a big, a pile of magazines and she said, I'm wondering what to do with these. 
And she just sort of, you know, dropped them in my lap. And I said, what are they? And she said, well, they're the trade magazine that they, they produced inside the factory where my, my parents worked building bombers during the war. And I said, what? <laughs> and she said, wow. oh, you know, they worked in the air, air, air factory. And no, I've never heard this before. She said, uh, oh, you knew. <laughs> no, you have never told me this. And yeah, so now I have in my possession this this in-house magazine that was that was published uh, every month while my, my grandmother and grandfather worked assembling B-29s. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, yeah, you never know. <laughs> but isn't that something that we as either a coping mechanism or an understanding mechanism or just as a not being able to see the big picture mechanism that it kind of what both of you guys just said, you know, our parents don't tell us everything as a child because obviously you don't tell children everything, but that does create a conceptualized, romanticized image of who your parents are or in turn who your grandparents are that reality is often diff quite different from that's yeah exactly and really if uh if this muslim woman was once married to a hindu man that's a real secret yeah uh, yeah if she was married to him during the days of the perdition yeah so yeah no wonder they've kept this quiet so what did you guys think of the two brothers and the Comparison, or maybe let's do a comparison contrast of the two. Oh man, um, is it Manish? Am I saying that right? Manish, Manish, so yeah. Manish, yeah. Um, Manish Prem, I, I just find it heartbreaking how you know we see this brother who you know by Abram's account had helped helped her while Prem was off the war, and you know helped them through this drought, but now this. You know, I, I think I think Bram uh, said he he read pamphlets and listened to the radio. How he's been swayed from you know being this caring, loving, obviously caring, loving person, and and you know completely has consumed this rhetoric of how because our religions are different, we don't need to be in the same place, and that's really sad to see where where this character has gone from from to where he is now. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I just found that relationship between the two, um, uh, ultimately just very heartbreaking and, and, you know, what sways people to change that drastically, um, to believe in a cause so much, um, that may not in the end be, be worth it at all. Hmm. Good. What, what about you, Lee? Yeah, it's heartbreaking is exactly the word. And I, I think that's that tension between these brothers is sort of the, the engine that makes this uh, episode run. Um, the, our, the big surprise for us, we know there's aliens and we can just look at them and tell they're bad guys because they got lots of eyeballs and they got spikes coming off of them. Well, twist turns out that they're not the bad guys. So the episode is still called Demons of the Punjab. So what are the demons? And. Mm. I think that's a master stroke of the script. It, it would be facile to say, well, it's the British, obviously. Um, okay, fair enough. But I, I think it's more subtle than that. And, and, and Clarence, you, 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 you spoke of, um, younger brother as being that he used to be caring and loving. I, I would say that's, that's how you radicalize people. He, he's still caring and loving, but now he cares and loves something else. Wow. Or, or a different idea. So all of that energy that he had put into his family 
is now being put into his ethnic identity or into their, their religious identity. Yeah. And so now all the passion is there. And that means he doesn't have room even for his, even for his brother uh, to the, ex- to the extent where if they, if they have to, they will shoot him. They will shoot him dead. Um, that's what happens. We, we, we did it here in the U S in the, in the 1860s. Um, and literally put brother against brother. Um, you just have to get people riled up enough about what it is they think is important. Yeah. See, that's that's what's so scary. And and Lee, I, don't, I think you couldn't have said it any better than than how you ended it right there. Is mm-hmm. you know the way rhetoric can inflame things, and you get that mob mentality. Because mm-hmm. I see this. You know, while I think the actor did a outstanding job of making you dislike him because I immediately, there was just something about him that I disliked because Mm. I think you were supposed to dislike him as a viewer to some degree. And, you know, as the character revealed more and more about himself, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, now what you said about turning brother into brother, it's easy to get wrapped up and you get that, warped view of singular view of reality, you know, and the more singular you become when you can't see anything beyond that. I mean, he gets so singular that at the end we see him either kill or, or be, bear witness to the murder slice execution of his own flesh and blood who did nothing more than want to marry and stand up for the woman that he loved, that he loved equally before an imaginary real line as it became. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine waking up in, in somebody just putting this marker out there? Oh, now you're in a different co- co- uh, country and yeah. all the people of this religion needs to be on that side. You know, um, that's just so hard for us to imagine in 2018. And I think, Prim may have summed it up the best when he made his little his, his speech at the uh, near the end of the episode when he said ordinary people who lived here all their lives whipped into a frenzy to be part of a mob. Nothing worse when normal people lose their minds. We've lived together for decades, Hindu, Muslim, Sikh. But now we're being told differences are more than what unites us. And then I think Graham um, came back and said, uh, we all strive to be good men, <laughs> something to that effect. Mm-hmm. It, that, that, that speech right there just had me floored. I'm like, <laughs> and, and I thought when, during that speech, I thought those are the demons of the Punjab. Yes. The mob. It, yeah. Well, well, or, or the, the mind, the mindset that I, what's, that what separates us is more powerful than what, what unites us. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, because that's where we are in America right now, right? The, uh, yeah. And, and the, <laughs> I'm going to propose a, a, a sort of a, a sociological suggestion here that it's gotten down into our uh, our very psyches culturally to the point where um, every argument has to be uh, us versus them and uh, left and right and black and white and uh, 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 with this sort of anger and viciousness behind it. I mean, d- and I'm talking about our fandom, the, the Doctor Who fans have disagreed about things since 1963, for heaven's sake, but I've never heard the name calling yeah. and, and, and just the, 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 the abuse of other people's points of view. 
and, and I think it's it's the same it's the it's the same demons. It's like what in the world? We're supposed to all be on the same page here. We love this show, but but now there's this focus on what makes us different, what separates us, and not on what's un- what unites us. What 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 the hell happened? Yeah. Mm. Why is it? Why is everything so binary, so absolute? You exactly. know, either or. Why are Star Trek fans yelling at each other about Discovery? Why are Star Wars fans making a campaign to undo the eighth movie? Let's make a different eighth movie because they, we didn't like that one. Let's. T- <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me pose I don't this. Know. So let me pose this. Yeah. Could it be that tools that we use that have connected us more than any generation prior, mm-hmm. and I mean social media, because yeah. it, it allows us the ability to connect the way we are right now with technology, the three of us recording this, to meeting people that we would never have met because mm-hmm. of otherwise not having, you know, social media. Does that having that partition to for lack of a better word having that partition between ourselves and that person being face to face does that give me or as the user not necessarily me but 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 yeah to me to some degree does that give us a hyper response mode of saying if i don't like something here i typed it out because i don't have to look you in your face and say that to you Well, I, I know a lot of the people who research um, these these very things are trying to figure out if there's a scientific answer to all this. And, and that's what a lot of the science is saying, is that it is the anonymity of being, you know, on the web, that you, you can go out and say anything to these people that you're never going to meet. And if you were in the same room with them, you wouldn't say it at all. Yeah. Um, especially if they're bigger than you are. <laughs> uh, but... Um, no, we just the, so yeah the, the the veil of civilization drops away when we're when we're sitting at home in the dark and, and arguing with people that we we can't see and and don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I hope that's not true because I think that says something really terrible about us. But um, you know, what, my understanding of the history about the partition to get back to what's going on in this story is that um, there was this immense tension between Hindu and Muslim populations in this part of India. And what kept them from fighting it out was the fact that they were under the British Raj. And as long as the British army was there, you know, basically being the police, these people couldn't fight. Well, India won its independence. Hooray. But that means the British left. So, all hell broke loose. And that is probably a very, <laughs> that's probably a very insensitive and um, uh, extremely oversimplified telling of the story. But, but if so, it, it relates to this thing about, about social media. It's like, boy, if there are, if there are police there keeping us off each other's necks, we'll kill each other. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. What a jolly conversation this is. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, but you know, I will say this before we move on. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a, a to for the three of us to further this conversation but add in Dr. Karen Shackelford mm-hmm. because I think she might have some very good insights on this uh, the nature of how the fandoms are relating whether it be Star Trek, whether it be Star Wars or whether it be Doctor Who and how that relates to society in general. I would love to hear what she I keep trying to get her on the show. Yeah. And th- yeah, this is her her field of study. 
Um, and, and, you know, you're going to these, these cons with uh, Laura Sellers, who is an educator. I know she thinks about these things as well. So you need to build it into a panel. Ah, sounds like a plan. Just thought I'd bring that up. Sounds like a very good plan. Yeah. So I have a question, and I'm going to pose <clears throat> this one to Clarence. I Because I'm curious, and I've watched this particular scene several times, or and try to get uh, a feeling, and I just can't get a read. So I want to pose it to both, but I'm going to give it to Clarence first. Do you think that Yaz's grandmother, does she remember meeting her granddaughter, not knowing at the time, of course, that that was her granddaughter, but do you think that she knows that Yaz is the person who was there at that first wedding day, and that's why she gave her the watch? You know, I have the same question, actually. And, you know, for us to see this, you know, window into these, what, few days of them spending together in the past, it's almost infallible for us to think that she doesn't remember, but okay, it's like, what, (laughs) a very long time ago. Uh, And, like, think of a day that you may consider significant in your life that was 20 or more years ago. Do you remember the person you spent that day with if it wasn't a significant other or family? Um, You probably have vague recollections of it, but you would think that she would remember. And because this is such an important day to her that has obviously been on on her mind all this time, you would think she would remember. But I still don't. I still can't say that's definite, you know? Um, I don't know. What, what, what do you think, Lee? Um, <laughs> the, the, it's the time paradox that always turns up in, in these stories when we've gone along somebody's timeline. Uh, I saw somebody on social media today ask, uh, so is Yaz named after Yaz? Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if grandma remembers her, then. <laughs> well, if um, Amy could name her daughter after her daughter, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I've always liked it. it's it's a it's a, a line almost thrown away in Back to the Future. But uh, when uh, Lorraine and uh, George finally uh, hook up at the at the dance, and you know, it's clear that time is healing itself, and you know they're going to get married now. It's going to be okay. As they're walking away from Marty, Lorraine says, oh, "Marty, that's a nice name." Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so maybe there's something like that with Yaz, but yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that, um, I, I, I think that when they return to the timeline, when they return to the present, um, then everything is as it was before. And the doctor has succeeded in getting them through this without them breaking the timeline, which means that as far as, uh, grandma can remember, uh, none of that happened. Mm. Their their encounter with the doctor. She she didn't see Yaz and the doctor and all those people. That's my theory. Okay. See, I oh wow. Okay, I finally get to disagree with you, Lee. Yeah. Get in the parallel universe territory here. Uh, No, no, absolutely. I'm not getting into parallel anything. I'm (laughs) I'm I'm just going to disagree. This is fun. Um. So here's my thought on it. I think that Yaz's grandmother knew all along that that. Was who, I mean, maybe not originally, but when she saw her granddaughter grow up to the young woman that she became, I think that she had the realization, maybe not understanding how, but recognized her. And here are my uh, reasonings. And Clarence, you actually helped me earlier on one of my reasonings. She referred to Yaz as the favorite grandchild. And... I didn't see her as being the type of grandmother who would have played favorite without a reason. And she gave her daughter 
something from uh, her her father, you know, the the letters. She gave she gives the flower to the other sister, but she gives the watch and doesn't say this was your grandfather's, but she, you know, hands her the watch, of course, that we know is the watch from the story. Fast forward to the end, the two of them are talking and she, the way the grandmother basically, uh, when she says something about, or you want to tell me um, about this, she says something like, really? Or looks, it's just something about the line that she says next and the look that she gives her is sort of like, really, do you really need to ask what happened? Like you don't know is the feeling that <laughs> you I know got. know very well what happened. Yeah. And, and Clarence, what you said that made, uh, gave some credence to that. When we were talking about what we, when you were talking about what we do 20 years ago, who we were with, what we were doing. There are significant memories that I have that I can, whether it's a significant other or what, it, from 20 years ago where I vividly remember who I was with. And I think that there are s- moments that are ingrained in people that that is that is a stronger memory for anything, births, marriages, and death. And for the grandmother, Yaz was present or was around an experience that was within a 24 hour period, I think a marriage and a death. So that's Dr. Meredith <laughs> and the doctor, Mer- you know, so my point being is the, you know, Umbrine had these two strong events happening as well as this, a, as a historical event happening all within that 24 hour time. <laughs> and I think that that would be enough to maybe time. solidify her memory. So that's my, take. I think you're right. I think you're completely right. Ah, I, I changed your opinion. Woohoo. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, you make an outstanding argument. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let me ask this then. When did you guys realize or did you realize that the Tajarians were not bad guys? Oh, they had to tell me. And I, at yeah. first I didn't believe it because I said, yeah, that's what you always. But uh, no, they had to sort of, they had to demonstrate it. Hmm. Uh, Same here. What about you, Clarence? Right. Uh, yeah, the doctor told us they were assassins. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why should we think anything different? But yeah. yeah. Oh, what what do you think of that visual of Prime's face going up to join all the others in the mm-hmm. in the sky? Mm. Kind of sad. So <laughs> kind of yeah. So so that leads me Beautiful. to a- ask you, um, because as much as I like this, it did not make me emotional uh, for whatever reason. So Lee, really? what what did you find? Uh, uh, or for both of you guys, what did, did either of you find this a very emotional story? Very much so. Very much so. Um, I mean, I'll just say that I loved how in this episode, whereas in Rosa, we were trying to get to this certain historical point that we knew had to happen, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't just an exciting moment, but we knew it had to happen. Uh, good, bad, whatever. We had to get to that moment. And in this episode, it was kind of turned where we were pushed to this moment where nobody wanted it to happen. And it just had to happen. And anyway, yeah, and I know it has to be hard for doctor and crew, hashtag Team Tardis, to go through <laughs> such a 
an, emo- an emotional moment. You speak of emotion. This is what made me emotional in this episode is knowing we have to get to this event, this eventuality where, you know, somebody's going to die. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. We can do something about it, but we shouldn't. Our hands are tied, you know, yeah. just sad. Yeah. And very lovely story construction to, to make, to, to have the doctor and team TARDIS figure out that that's what's going to happen. And they've still got a lot of conversation with Prime left. So uh, they, so every time they talk to him, yeah. they, yeah, they mm. know. And that's how they play it. You can see it. You can see it on their faces. It's, uh, yeah. And added to the tragedy that it's the brother who's leading this, you right. know, this mob. Like it isn't a dark enough day as it is because of the, the partition, but yeah. Oh, I, I I cry at all weddings anyway, including uh, ones that I officiate at, which is often a problem. Um, but um, yeah, so I was crying at their wedding, and uh, but boy, uh, when I when it was clear that uh, Manish or, or one of the the men with him was going to be the one to actually pull the trigger, that really got me. That's it's a beautiful piece of cinematography too. I hope you noticed this. That what we got was a shot of the rifle with the sun behind it. And the the director of photography moved the camera just enough so that the sunlight flared behind the trigger so that you couldn't see the moment where he pulled the trigger. What you saw and said was this burst of light. I just thought it was glorious, but it, that, that really was a a trigger for me that, that sort of uh, set me over the edge. So I was, I had to stop it and back up and watch that part again because I was missing things because I was crying. So, but I'm a weepy. Some of those guys. And, and you yeah. know, I'm usually the weepy. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, I started crying over, you know, I mean, seriously, there were episodes, there were three or four episodes of, uh, you know, n- n- kind of changing shows here. But after my surgery and I was binging on The Walking Dead, mm. every time I saw this ca- character named Carol, I would like burst into tears because it was like, <laughs> there's Carol. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, I found this to be a beautiful episode. Don't get me wrong. I, mm-hmm. there, I, there was, I mean, I know we're not into ratings yet, but there's nothing that I, I could say negatively about this episode. But I, 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 I don't know. I just did not, oddly enough, get I, emotional. I don't think there's anything anybody can say neg- negatively about this episode, really. I mean, small things, but I think, how can you not be a Doctor Who fan? And see this episode and not be filled with joy. <laughs> it may not be your favorite, but it's classic. It, I'm lost words. This is a beautiful yeah. episode. <laughs> well, well, something that while we're talking beauty, something that was equally beautiful was something that you guys made mention to. And I misunderstood you thinking that you were talking about the opening credits. Instead, you were talking mm-hmm. about the closing credits that had the beautiful rendition (laughs) or the rearrangement of the doctor who theme song Mm -hmm. so uh what obviously you guys liked it i think i just gave that away (laughs) but uh but yeah that that to me was so so it it takes you by surprise i think you're not yeah because um the all the music for this episode is uh, is very uh, very Indian and it has a lot of uh, Indian percussion in it and uh, female vocal which is you know a, a, a sort of a a bulwark of uh, of Indian music um, and uh, yeah so we it, I think it was a minute before I said that's the Doctor Who theme 
and it's being it's being sung a cappella. Then the percussion came under it. I said, "Holy smoke, that that's beautiful! What a beautiful idea!" So I'm sure there's a lot of people who said, "Oh, that's hokey. That's stupid. Hate is going to hate." Yep, ag- agreed. Another beautiful thing in this episode is Amita Suman, who played a young Umbrian. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Just want to shout out to her. Both of them, you know, they they picked two actress, actresses that were unique in their own way. But, you know, especially with the hair and everything, you, it was very believable that that was two ages of the same person rather than, you know, making her up to look older. I'm glad they didn't go that route. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think that would have been. Yeah. That wouldn't have been believable to me. Oh, too much time has passed between these yeah. 1947 and now. Yeah. So I want to make two references that are outside that, that are things that occurred within the story, but actually are tied less to the story, but more to the overarching of series 11. And one is actually, I'm going to agree with the ladies, uh, from the Tarbis, uh, podcast. Um, I don't like, uh, Graham calling the doctor doc. Mm. Does that bother yeah. either of you or is that just me? It doesn't bother me at all. And, um, I, I think it is interesting though, because I, I wonder why it doesn't. What it always makes me think of is Ace calling, calling him professor. Uh, mm. it's just a little, uh, it's just a little quirky. It's just a little, little, something a little different, you know? So what about you, Clarence? Does that bother you? Uh, never bother me one bit. I mean, it felt natural coming from Graham, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel out of place at all. Yeah. See, see, while it may feel natural, I, I'm going to fall into that category of I didn't like Ace simply for the fact that she called him professor. <laughs> okay. For no other reason. I mean, yeah. then, then because I, I couldn't wrap my head around why are you calling him prof? <laughs> but I, I do think it aids in humanizing the doctor a little bit more. I know we've talked about the doctor not being so grandiose as, you know, per previous seasons. I'm the doctor, you know. Um, it just uh, pushes that idea forward that, you know, they're kind of just this gang out doing their thing. Hey, Doc. <laughs> right. Mm. So that just actually led right into my second part, which is this is the third episode that there has been a reference to I was a man. The first episode, I was a, you know, white headed Scotsman. Then in the second episode, she says, come to daddy or mommy. And then this, where she's talking about the reference (laughs) she made to being a man. Yeah. Never got henna tattoos when I was a man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So my question is, does the friends or do the friends realize or has there been any acknowledgement or do they just think that these are some wacky off the hand comments that she's making? Uh, I think they know. I think they know. Um, Because when the doctor kind of speaks, speaks up about it at the, uh, while they're doing the tattoos, um, uh, Yaz, he quiets her down. <laughs> no, Doc, and the Doc kind of changes her tone a little bit. So yeah, I think they know. I think it's pretty clear they know. They, they've had enough time for her to explain it and sort of tell them everything by now. Mm. But you're right. It hasn't happened on camera, as it were. We? No, it hasn't. And I'm wondering if no. they're purposely not doing that. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know when someone tells you there's they're they're an alien. I think mm-hmm. everything else is on the table. <laughs> like it's kind of everything else out the window. Yeah. Right. We haven't mentioned her two hearts yet. And I think that's very interesting that we've had now two situations where somebody who doesn't know what species she is, is given her medical examination. It happened in a a ghost monument. And then again, in a Syringa conundrum. But, but And, and I keep waiting for that moment where somebody says, wait a minute, this isn't right. Okay. So I'm going for a two for here. But, I, 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 I want to. Does wanna, she have two hearts? Well, no. I'm 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 going to uh, disagree <laughs> with you. And <laughs> oh oh oh, uh, yeah. Uh, who was it? Who was uh, Grace? Yes, I mind. I yeah. mind is connected. Yeah. There you go. Yep, uh, Grace. You're right. So see, yeah. I just telepathically told you. Thank you. You're welcome. Contact. Contact. That's right. Yeah, Grace could tell just just by just with her fingers. She was she was just holding her wrist. Like, Oh, that's odd. <laughs> she said, yeah, yeah, mm. good point. Good point. Okay, good. I can stop thinking about it. So, guys, are there any other topics that you guys wanted to talk about that, oh, we've, not, that we've not mentioned yet? Hmm. Sheffield is an yeah. exotic word. I don't know. <laughs> Guns aren't bad anymore, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, then I think we're ready to give our <laughs> final ratings. So... Uh, Clarence, I was I was offline for a second. Um, oh, hello, offline for a second. <laughs> yeah, did did anything exciting happen? Um, we just decided that guns w- were not cool and that uh, Lee Shackelford is. How about that? Uh, outstanding. <laughs> and if uh, if you're in a pinch, yeah, depend on me instead. There you go. Okay. So uh, we were about to give our final rating. So since uh, you were offline and uh, came back online, I'm back. Uh, let's just say I'll go ahead and start with saying that I'm giving it five out of five. I thought this was a brilliant episode. It was a beautiful episode. And as I said earlier in the podcast, it taught me something that I did not know. So five out of five for me. So, Lee, what say ye? Same here for all the same reasons. I just just loved it. Cool beans. There you go. Yeah. All right, Mr. Brown, Clarence, what say ye? Five, easy five, and hopefully it informed people on this event that maybe you know um, a lot of people don't know a huge amount about, and maybe they jumped on Google and wicked it and all the other good stuff to research the event a little bit more. All right, cool beans, cool beans. So. My friend, Mr. Shackelford, tell us if anyone were looking to find you on the web and other things you might be working on, what might that be? I'm going to keep on pointing people towards the Relativity Podcast, which you'll find at relativitypodcast.com. Good deal. And Mr. Brown, what about you? I'm going to point people to Discussing Trek, which can be found at discussingtrek.com, where we had our friend co-host Lee Shackford on a recent episode talking about his trip to Kingsland, Georgia to visit the stage nine studios. Interesting stuff. Okay. Good deal. So speaking of discussing track, if you are also a YouTube follower or you are love videos on YouTube, go over to youtube.com slash discussing track. Clarence recently uploaded a first of his YouTube, um, YouTube series of Who Is videos for Star Trek Discovery and started out with Michael Burnham, which I thought was an amazing video. So go over and check that out. I got to go see that. Very good video, actually. Very entertaining. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome, sir. So 
for anyone listening, we appreciate your time. We're glad that you're here. Uh, feel free to send us feedback and be sure to subscribe. And for that and with that, we are out of here and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?